Welcome back for another episode of the AWG Podcast, where we discuss the biggest topics and trends in the water sport and boat tour industry. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join our mailing list by visiting watersportpodcast.com. After you finish listening, continue the conversation in our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. They come to relax. Enjoy the beach. Have fun and spend money. And that's where we come in. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys Podcast. Find out tips on the best ways to market and operate a water sports business. If you're a water sports operator, you need to grow your brand, operate more safely, upgrade your operations, and of course, increase bookings. We're industry veterans, broadcasting from Destin, Florida. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast, and this is Kevin O'Neill and Greg Fisher. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 53 of the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. Today we have Jared Broach from Eat, Drink, Scare. He's based out of Denver. He's the founder and CEO. He operates about 20 different walking tour, wine tour, ghost tour businesses all across the country. And fancy, fancy dog walking services as well. He gets, he gets for a price, he gets dressed up very fancy and walks your dogs. That joke will come to fruition later in the show. Yeah, but... Jared wrote fancy dog walking services. But why in the hell are we talking about ghost tours? This is a water sport podcast. The reason why I think we did this today is because Kevin uh, met Jared in Vegas just recently. He came to me and said, you know what? Not every water sport owner just does water sports. A lot of them have different businesses. Maybe they're... They're not in the same sector, but maybe they're service businesses, maybe they're restaurants. And I think we want to just branch off a little bit and talk about, you know, what other things that are out there for people who own water sport companies, because there's some similarities, especially if you're in a market uh, that can do a, a, a ghost tour, a walking tour or whatnot. So we just thought we'd just branch off and, and try something a little bit different. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I liked, I liked Jared for this and, and it was just happenstance because we met in Vegas and, um, I liked Jared for this because he is well diversified. And I, and I think it, as we, you know, as our show, <laughs> that's my boy Atlas is in the background. He decided to start yelling right now. I think I think that as our it's it's really it's it's ironic because I feel like as our as our show grows and um, evolves and changes. <laughs> Sorry, guys, that's, that's my son. He will not chew on the bacon. He's like I say, quiet for the entire show. But I think as we develop and grow as entrepreneurs, our show uh, evolves and, and grows and develops as well. And I think that we're just, it was just a really good, perfect timing for us to bring on somebody like Jared that's got a couple different businesses, but still lives in the same ecosystem as water sports. And he's got a great story and a lot of great advice. And uh, this is by far, and I know I say this a lot, but man, so many of you guys that, that listen and have come on and done the show, this is by far one of my favorite episodes. And uh, I'm really excited for you guys to check it out. Yeah, it's very entertaining too. Yeah, to say the least. Top three entertaining episodes. By far. <laughs> By far. All By right, far. guys. What do you think, Kevin? All right, let's get awkward, man. But Kevin's probably going to be like this cocky asshole checking in from Denver. No, no, no. I, I got a weird thing about the founder, operator, the owner type thing. Like, uh, whatever. Let's go. Let's, let's fucking get into this. You bullshit. call me whatever the fuck you want. I'm fucking you're an asshole is what I'm going to call you, dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks for the know one. Uh, so, like, full disclosure, I want to tell you this is, like, a really funny story, man. Like, so, right, as soon as we record, Atlas is ready. So, yeah, my baby's in the room. I'm on dad duty today. He knew we were recording. So, like his dad, he's got to be the center of attention. But anyway, so, uh, Jared, I um, I remember, like, seeing you from the Tourpreneur group. And, 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 uh, and then you always popped up on my Facebook feed as, like, people you know. So, I fucking put you, like... And your picture, so Jared's got this picture. It's like him wearing like a bow tie and like this like really like this like like suit, like it's a like a fashion suit, and he's got two dogs. Somehow in my brain, I thought you were like somebody's fucking assistant. Like I don't know why. <laughs> like I thought you were like an English assistant. Like oh, I'm like, oh look at this. He's like Shane's like dog walking, <laughs> like fucking like secretary or some shit. Like I had yeah. like I thought you were like from England or fucking that's across. Like, the- that's like my wedding profile, but I literally don't use Facebook hardly ever. So it has been updated for like a decade. <laughs> I love, I love it, man. And then and um, somebody's just random dogs walking by. With <laughs> so, so Steve's like my buddy Jared. He's like, you know, my buddy Jared from from uh, Eat Drink Scare. Blah 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 blah. And he was like, likes the show, and he's like, he wants to hang out. And then I was like, I was like, wait a minute. And I was like, the English assistant guy. <laughs> And then all of a sudden he's like, no, no, he's like one of my biggest clients. So I was like, oh shit, I should be friends with this guy. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, that that's that, that's how we unofficially met was on Facebook. But then I was in Vegas over the weekend hanging out and me and Jared like actually got to meet face to face. He's a fucking super interesting dude. And um, we didn't get into his story. And so I didn't ask him a lot about his story because I figured, fuck it, let's bring him on the show and find out. Because uh, he kept on saying all super interesting shit like elevators and wine tours and ghosts and all this shit. And I'm like, man, I want to know more about this guy. So um you know, we just kind of partied together. I didn't, I didn't ask him a lot so I could be surprised on the show. So Jared, welcome, man. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. We just brought it in here. So Jared, Jared Broach is the chief spirit officer of Eat, Drink, Scare Tours, and they have locations uh, all over. He's based out of Denver. And Jared, we'd like to hear how you got into the ghost tour business. And I guess the elevator business too, right? And the wine tasting business. <laughs> and the wine tasting yeah, business, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you guys should see what I got coming, too. Uh, no. uh, so, I mean, dude, my elevator stuff dates back, you know, like, uh, graduated. I was like an engineer out of college. Uh, got a job working for, like, Otis Elevator out in D.C. area. And, uh, you know, that kind of led me down the, you know, living in D.C. area. You know, I'd, fuck, man, people come on tour. I, I Or they'd come to town. I'd have to take them on tours. Can't tell you how many times I've seen the monuments, you know, like, or had to tell somebody about the monuments. And then I had this, like, uh, ex-girlfriend. We went on this, like, ghost tour in uh, Annapolis, Maryland. And I was like, damn. I was like, there's, like, 25 people here paying 20 bucks or some shit. I'm like, and I'm bored out of my fucking mind. And I'm like, I need a beer. And so, finally, I was like, I go back to D.C., talk to my roommate. I'm like, shit, man, we should do this with beer and get people you know, on these like pub crawl ghost tour stuff. And so like during the day I'm working elevators, like I'm in sales and stuff for elevator company. And at night I'm literally giving like ghost tour pub crawls all the time. And we started doing that about, uh, God, we're going on 10 years now and move from like doing that in DC to, I got a new job and moved me out to Denver and we're like, fuck it. I'll try opening one here. Opened it here. This became popular. Um, and then we just kind of, I finally, like, I was, like, walking out of my elevator office every day, like, all day, like, 
taking phone calls like, hey, uh, Nightly Spirits, how can I help you? Hey, Nightly Spirits. And my like boss is like staring at me through the glass window like, why does this dude take all customer calls out in the parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I got to hire somebody. So we ended up hiring people and ended up parlaying that into shit, man. We do ghost tours in like 20 to 25 cities, depending on the time of year. We uh, bought a wine tour company, right? You know, a day before the pandemic started, I feel like. Mm. And then, uh, you know, so now I still do elevators. Um, and now I have wine tours and I have uh, ghost tours. We have food tours. We have all sorts of fucking tours and hopefully maybe some boat tours here soon we're keep working on it but i don't know why uh, kevin won't let me borrow a boat to give a ghost tour on yeah i know it sounds like a terrible idea why don't you keep that shit on your hat man before someone steals it yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> man I, I well so so today um you know, greg and i have been the last year that we've been doing the water sports show awkward water sports guys we kept on talking about like diversifying you know greg's pretty well diversified uh in his businesses i know a lot of other um operators in the water sports space that are pretty well diversified and um we've just kind of been waiting for the um sort of like the right moment uh to bring on somebody outside of our space and and after talking to like uh jared like it's like jared's all about diversification diversification and um and I and I thought, man, well, this is this is like the perfect segue. Like, first of all, he's like my kind of dude. He's not all nerdy and fucking cool like Greg, all techie and shit. You know, he's like more of like a big, loud, boisterous, swearing guy. I'm like, that's we need one of these guys on the show. So, Jared, um, so what made you move from why wine tours from ghost tours? So, because these are seemingly two separate kind of tours. So, what made you want to get into wine? Yeah, you know, it was, you know, ghost tour, all our ghost tours are walking, right? right? So, you know, we have, you know, basic systems, basic insurance, you know, kind of thing. And we just, you know, I was like, all right, we got, we got to get in some other areas, other tours. We, I was originally looking to buy, like, buy either a ghost tour or a, like, well-established tour company in a market that wasn't easy to penetrate, you know, remotely. Like, we, we were pretty remote. Like, I mean, we have, like, in the office, you know, five people, maybe. Um, and we still run like all these cities. So we were like, I was shopping around for companies. I came across this one for sale and I was like, nah, I don't, I like wine. It, it fit into my mold of like, we do our tours around eating, drinking or ghosts, you know? So and, like, we try to mix them all together. And so for us, it was like, when we saw this for sale, you know, it took us several months to negotiate, get the financing in place. And then we just pulled the trigger and then the world shut down. But <laughs> Um, you know, it was different going into like the boat uh, or the boat, uh, the like bus situation. I'm talking like, you know, the, the vehicles we bought were like 30 some passenger vehicles. So it wasn't like yeah, it's two dudes driving a suburban taking it around. It was like it was pretty complicated. <laughs> we got in maybe a little over our head. Um, but luckily, actually, the pandemic kind of, you know, we weren't super reliant on. Um, on I like I like that for the name for a tour, two dudes in a suburban. <laughs> there you go, man. Yeah. I just roll up on somebody. Yeah, ask if they want to sit in the middle, and and then say, "Be like, hey, do you like skiing?" Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, essentially, Kevin, it was just like the fucking uh, the stars aligned, and we ended up with this like secondary business that actually proved to be more resilient, I would say, to the pandemic. You know, it kind of lucked us. We kind of lucked out. Jared, how, how many locations do you have? I, th I think we do 25 different cities of ghost tours now. Um, we have some others in development. And then we have two full locations of like bus, vehicle, like our cable car wine tours brand. 
Yeah. Now, do you franchise out or they no, are owned? No, they're all owned by me. So oh, I own them all. Wow. And we have about um, 35 like bus, like San Francisco cable cars. And how do you choose a destination? Uh, well, the first destination, so it depends on the ghost tour or the, uh, or the wine tour. You know, every business has different. Yeah, obviously for wine, we pick wine areas. They're well-established. Uh, you know, for ghost tours nowadays, uh, you know, we're in almost all the major cities that, you know, we're very much a downtown kind of uh, vibe. Um, so we're not like, we're not going to be in those like really remote, like, Hey, you want to go back hunting in North Dakota woods? Um, anything like that. That's not really us. We're more in the downtown. And so we just look for fun, vibrant downtowns that are conducive to our, our type of business. A quick question. You said uh, cable trolley cars. Are you, that obviously San Francisco? Are you doing, are you doing tours on, oh, I'm sorry, you're doing ghost tours on those or are you doing wine tours on those? Uh, so we, we merged both brands. So we do during the day, they operate wine tours and at night they operate ghost tours. So we run like the vehicles do double duty. Um, and that was, you know, another way that we were really looking, you know, with everything we have, like all these guides, all these vehicles, all these, we're looking for, how can we generate revenue 24 hours a day? Right. You know, like we, like if I would, if somebody take a tour at 2am, I would give a tour to it. So that's why, so like the ghost tours have merged into the wine tours and we're trying to, and same with the food tours, really. We operate some uh, specialty, like, um, you know, Dining in the Vines and stuff like that series. And where people just, like, we drive them around to different wineries, and they eat, drink, and have a great day. So I got backup quite. I got another. So what year did you get into San Francisco with the cable cars? So it wasn't, um, uh, we got into, so 2000, uh, 2020 is when we bought the bulk of the cable cars. And that, that was, was an exi- hold on. That was an existing company or you bought the cable yeah. cars and then. So we bought the wine tour and they had like one cable car and we bought that like really like March of what the pandemic started, March, 2020. So we bought that uh, March 19th of 2020. We bought that whole company and they had about four vehicles. And then in the middle of the pandemic, we found a, a deal to buy 30 or so out of San Francisco from a, from a tour company that was running like actual just day tours, not wine tours on these around San Francisco. So we bought all of their assets um, for this part of the business and then transported them all over the country. Okay. So I'm sorry. I just, I'm something like, there's, I, I, there's a lot, I the, like, I have so, so many questions, but so, I mean, it just, cause it seems like, I don't know how the hell I like what I put this to, because it just seems like it would be like the hardest market to break into like, Oh yeah, man, I'm going to start a tour, a cable car tour company in fucking San Francisco. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, what was the fucking weed dispensary not available? Like, I mean, it just seems like it would be a really hard market. Like you have to buy something existing. It would be worth a billion fucking dollars. Like how are you able to just take these cars, these existing cars, stamp your brand on it and get going? Like, was there regulatory buy- Bodies that you guys had to go up against like it seems like it would have been a, like a challenge a huge challenge yeah luckily in california most of that falls in the state not city so once you're once you're like essentially approved by the city which, or the state which takes fuck man it took six seven months um you know a lot of that driven by the pandemic problems but um to get licensed once you're licensed then it's really easy to operate within the same state and that's the same our other location in texas it's really easy to operate pretty much anywhere in Texas once you have all the approvals. It's really difficult to just go in and be like, hey, I'm going to take five vehicles to Arizona, and I'm just going to be like, open up, because every state has different regulations. So it is kind of difficult um, from that perspective. Were the permits associated with the vehicles? Uh, so we have a like 
our facility has a permit and then every vehicle has a permit. And then depending on the state, every vehicle is like inspected too by the state. Or- I think Greg knows where I'm sort of like why or where I'm sort of going. Cause it's almost like you would think that they would be like medallion. Like that was the example I was like before, like let's start a taxi company in New York city. Like that's where, that's where I'm like trying to wrap my head around because it just seems like the city would be so stringent upon like how many cable cars that they let. Like, is there anything like that there? Is there so many that you're allowed to have or. Um, you know, certain cities, uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons we don't have like vehicles in like Savannah, Georgia. Right. Is, there's a lot of regulation. Gotcha. Um, you know, there's really entrenched players. And again, you know, we're always trying to do something different than everybody else. Like we're not going to we don't open just a walking tour of the monuments. Right. We like our cable cars are super unique. Like they're open air. They're gorgeous. They're historic. I mean, they were actually running on all of those cable lines in San Francisco. They're not really mm. replicas. And we own, you know, 35 or so of them. And uh, there might be six other operational ones, like two in Hawaii, I think. And so mm. it, it's like, you know, for us, when we go to operate, we certainly don't go anywhere with a medallion system. Um, but we'll go somewhere where they don't have that experience. And even if they have other buses, it's like, dude, you can ride on a, a limo or you can ride on our, our historic trolley. What's, you know, what's more Instagrammable for, um, you know, guests. Jared, I want to talk about the economics of running a ghost tour. I mean, obviously we've, at TripShock, we've been booking ghost tours for since we started 13 years ago, and we have a lot of them. We have a lot of different options. And one thing I've noticed with ghost tours is that the, those that start a ghost tour, they usually do it for a long time. Like the shelf life of running a ghost tour business is very long for how low the barrier of entry is because obviously it's very intangible business that you don't need products and all you need is people. And I love people driven uh, tour businesses because the margins are usually good if you can get enough people. So, um, you know, why is that? Why, why do a lot of ghost tour companies stick around for a long time? Is it maybe because it's a passion project, but also are there the margins work? I mean, just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, the mar- margins definitely work. If you just, I mean, think about it. If you're a one-man band, right, you got a website, you got a booking system maybe. It's like, dude, you, you figured out the stories. You walk around. You're on public right away. Like, there's not really, like, there, there's not any hard costs, right? Mm-hmm. As you get bigger in multi-city, you start, that's where you start being like, okay, now I got some hard costs. Like, it takes it takes a lot to take 100,000 bookings versus 1,000, right, over the course. So you have some hard costs there. But it's also, you know, it is very entrenched. Like we open in certain cities and man, it's like you get those locals that have been there for 20 years doing the same tour and they get really mad. Like you're coming in here. They think, you know, they always think we're like this big corporation. Right. And it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> I, you know, it's me, you know, essentially. And so the economics are good. Um, the problem. So like that is also no barrier entry. Right. So if Kevin wants to come down to my turf and start at the same time as me selling tickets five bucks less than me, and he's willing to do it, I, and I got to pay guides, and he's going to give every tour, the economic start as a company don't work quite as well. Um, and that's partly why we've you know gotten into the more of the pub crawl the and the more of the drinking and eating, because we have these relationships with bars to where it's like, yeah, you really can't open in our bars just because like we're willing to either pay premiums or, you know, get people kicked out of that place if they're going to try to compete on our turf with our, you know, and steal our stories. Or do you have like exclusives that. with those bars and restaurants? Yeah, a lot of them we do. Um, you know, the nice thing, depending on the city, you know, we might have volume that's just enormous. And we've been there for, you know, like depending on the city, like a place like D.C., we've been going for nine years. Um, you know, a place like Denver, like seven or eight. And it's like, 
so we have that entrenched. So you'd have to pick second tier bars. Um, you know, we do a lot of guide training. Our guide training's pretty. Um, like I, I always tell everybody, I'm never going to be able to compete with a Kevin O'Neill that wants to give every tour himself and, and be fantastic. Just like nobody was going to compete with me when it was me giving every tour, and I'm gonna like I can turn on that switch and I'm gonna be fantastic. And so like then we have to just through guide training and through just these exclusive deals. We have to just kind of like you guys do with boats. You know? Just so we're clear here, anybody can compete with me on tours. I fucking, <laughs> I'm awful. I well, when I drove a parasail boat, I drove a parasail boat with my back to the entire boat the entire time. Oh, if somebody would get up and approach me, my mate knew that they were the buffer in between me and the customers. I'd be like, that guy needs something. <laughs> I think I'd be standing right next to me. I'd be like, hey, do something about this guy, man. I'm I'm trying to drive this boat. So anybody that wants to compete with me on tours. Feel free. I will lose. <laughs> so I've seen in New Orleans a race to the bottom for ghost tour prices. Yep. And it's it's disappointing because some of the ones that have been there a long time that have a really great product now are in a difficult place, whether or not to match it or lower their price to stay in that level. So, you know, how do you, if you're in a crowded field of other people running kind of a similar tour, is it the value adds like, separating yourself from doing the restaurants, but, or is it a marketing thing? Like, do people really search far and wide for the cheapest ghost tour ticket? I, I just feel like for a history, for the people that go to ghost tours, I'd feel like quality over quantity or quality over price, but maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. What's it, wait, real quick. What's it cost? What's a, what's a ghost tour to fucking walk around some dickhead cost? Uh, depends <laughs> on the city, anywhere from 15 to 50 bucks. Just so we're clear here, we hate on walking tours big time on this show. <laughs> we I, we call them cheese tours. Like if you do yeah. a walking tour, we just call it the cheese tour. Yeah. <laughs> we got the cheese tour guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's an easy thing to start in that tour business. It's funny because like on my other shows, like we talk about water sports guys. It's not real tour act, you know. Providers. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we got fucking <laughs> jet skis and parasail boats and all sorts of super dope rad shit. I mean, there's, we don't compare with some ghoulish looking guy in a fucking top hat fucking going. Ooh. Yeah, well, maybe I have a jet ski, dude. Because. I have a fucking jet ski, bro. How many of your ghoul, how many of your ghoul guides are getting laid? <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what. It's, Not uh, as many as a jet ski does, bro. I don't know, bro. It, 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 I mean, dude, I'm telling you, you'd be shocked. It's like we get to mix alcohol in. Your guys are dead sober. So, like, after uh, yeah, three bars, you're looking at my guy, and he's in costume and nobody else is. We're like, God, this guy's fucking – it's like a man in uniform. No like, way. I know this guy in Key West, man. Like, I mean, he legitimately wore his top hat everywhere he fucking went. Like, it was like his – you would see this guy in the bar. The guy was like six foot five, looked like fucking Lurch. And he had that top hat everywhere he went. Like, it was his signature shit. Like, this dude was like, I was bored to do ghost tours, man. Like, <laughs> I promise you, not one single time. Did that motherfucker ever have a girl with him? Dude, nobody is banging the guy in the top hat. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, dude, no should you, ladies. In, no should you. There's a guy down in Galveston, Dax Beardsley. Like, got, he's got the fucking name to be a ghost tour guy, right? <laughs> and, like, his photo looks like he's fucking already dead, haunting the fucking guy. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not even open to here because I just don't even want to compete with this dude. Like, none of my Wait, guys are going to look like this. So I, I have the million-dollar question that everyone's probably thinking right now. Do you actually see ghosts on the ghost tour? Uh, do oh well, you know, so like if you uh if you look at our Facebook, like 
I get, we get messages every day from people on ghost tours all over that have photos, see different shit. You know, it just depends on the the city and you know the the kind of experience you're looking for. You know, we're not. Um, what do you classify as a ghost? Like, what is it? An like an orb or like is it a feeling? Like, what what do people say when they say, "Oh, I." Yeah, you know, we'll see a lot of like faces and windows, and that's okay. what for us, like, that's going to trigger. Like, you get a post on face, you know, like we're going to share your story on social media when it's like we look at your photo and it's like, dude, that's a kid and that place is closed and we know it's closed. No, no, listen, it's a fucking, it's the person on the tour with their own fucking dumbass fucking face in the reflection, <laughs> you dumb bastard. Listen, as an aside, we're in Vegas and these fucking guys did not want to go to what it was like this badass haunted museum, apparently. But fucking Steve and fucking Ben didn't want to go to it because of the bad juju that fucking surrounded it. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, I'll go. I'll punch a fucking haunted doll in its face, man. Get, there's nothing that fucking. It's their own yeah. face. Oh, look, it's a scary face. Like, it's your own face, you ugly fuck. Like, come on. What are you scared you know, of? You know what I'll, I'll say to that, Kevin, is every time something bad happens to a boat, think of what you did to that ghost in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe in ghosts? Do you really? I mean, I'm going to believe. I believe in like. You're full of shit. Don't sell. Don't sell right now. Don't sell. shit happens. I don't even like. The karma aspect of it. I don't even fuck with this. I, I give you that. I, I will. I 100% give you. We're not going to go into like awkward karma guys or whatever, but I do. I do. I 100% believe you get what you put into this world and it comes back a hundredfold yeah. to you. I do believe in that shit. 100%. Don't. That's my boy in the background agreeing with me. But yeah, as far as so, faces in the mirror, come on. You, no. So, Kevin, you believe in ghosts? I just want to. Do I, do I look like I fucking believe in ghosts? I don't know. No, I don't fucking believe in ghosts, dude. Of course, I don't believe in ghosts. I'm a fucking grown 42-year-old man. I don't fucking believe in ghosts. <laughs> Do you? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I believe in ghosts. Boom. Trip shock if you guys ever go fucking IPO, man. Wait, say that yeah. after the fact and watch your shit fucking <laughs> drop to the fucking floor. No, stop it. You believe in ghosts? Like, like booga booga boo ghosts? No, I, I believe in, you know, the the energy, like the energy feel that that uh, spirit can make. You guys want to see I, something awesome? Look at I, this. Hold on. Just look at this. So that's, God, a, that's, that's a ghost. That's a ghost. And say, ooh. Now look what he's got a little something extra right there. Oh, my God. The <laughs> <laughs> ghost just got a boner. So Ke- Kev- Kevin's showing, right? showing one of his tattoos of a ghost with a boner. And it's... <laughs> It's a sheet ghost, right? And he's like, "Ooh!" And he's got he's a real excited ghost. All I gotta but, ask is why? Because <laughs> fucking, how funny is that? I mean, like, who would ever think of like a sheet ghost? <laughs> he comes out and he's got a boner, unless it was some like horrible 1970s porn, which I'm sure. What kind of acid were you on that day for that tattoo? What's that? What kind of acid were you taking the day of that tattoo? <laughs> I got no, no acid, man. That, <laughs> dude, that's not even – that is just – that's actually a normal tattoo. I got some other terrible ones. I'll show them to you at Arrival or if you come to any of the events that we're yeah, doing. Yeah, thanks. Uh, privately in your room, I, I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, man. I, I don't know. I, I just – I've never seen anything where I was just like – that I could not explain away with logic. Like I, I, I just – I can't – Shut like because at the end of the day, and this is what I said to these guys in the car. I said, "Look, 
I said, if you guys are really on this hex curse shit, right? Like this real, like real actual ghost spirits and hell and heaven and all this stuff, like you should be stoked because then if that's the case, that if there's some evil spirits and shit that can latch on to you, then that means there's the opposite of that, which means there's a heaven. So all I've got to do is atone for my shit or say sorry to God and then I get to go to heaven. So it's like, well, fucking if there's evil spirits, then that means there's fucking, you know, uh, benevolent spirits or yeah, benevolent spirits, good spirits, whatever. Spirits of fucking Christmas past. <laughs> I'm fucking fat guy eating grapes or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, I get everything I want for Christmas. If You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm going to be worried about that kind of shit, then I got to be excited for the opposite end of that. So, I don't know. No, I don't believe in, I don't believe in scary ghosts. Ouija boards, all that shit. But but I, do, for, but I am excited about Ghostbusters coming out in November. You guys like oh, Ghostbusters? Yeah, dude. Hell it's yeah. actually it, it looks like really legit. One or the after the afterlife, not the shitty one that was done by the SNL staff, but like okay, yeah, the the new one that uh, Ivan Reitman's son wow. produced. It's nice, it's, nice political way of, of phrasing really that. The SNL cast. <laughs> you mean the female Ghostbusters, Greg? Is that are you trying not to be offensive? I didn't even watch it, man, because that's an affront to the fucking Ghostbusters. It was. It, it does was not actually, have one of those guys in it. It, it was the worst movie <laughs> I've probably ever seen, and it has nothing to do with female. No, not it, like it's a terrible movie. Yeah, and it, and it just it put like a black eye on the franchise. Girl, girl, listen, girl, Captain Marvel. That re- I loved it, man. I thought Brie Larson was awesome. Fucking Ray, the Jedi. Like I am. Yeah. I am not that dude where I'm like, Oh, I'm, I don't hate on a female. I was like, have something reimagined with a female lead. Like I know guys that are like, are legitimately like hate on that shit. If it's a good movie, it's, it's a, it's a good movie. That Ghostbusters was a pile of shit, man. Like that was an affront to everything that Ghostbusters is. So yeah, yeah. hell yeah, I'm excited about for that. Men in Black International. That was oh, with the, with yeah, that was pretty bad. With Chris, it ruined, it ruined like franchises. But Chris, like, Chris Hemsworth is such yeah. a beefcake, though. He's so <laughs> good looking. <laughs> I, I heard they're gonna they have a casting call for you and me for Charlie's Angels. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Harry big headed fucking bearded Charlie's angel man I yeah. love it man uh, anyway yeah so so get so getting back how about this so has there any ever been anything that happened on a tour where I mean legit where you guys were like that's fucked man like this is completely unexplainable I cannot logic this away Dude, I'm, glad, I'm glad you asked that because I I have one story from DC when I used to give tours. And we used to dress as, like, British redcoats walking around downtown D.C. And, you know, we used to have really authentic costumes. Except if you ever look at, like, Civil War, like, authentic costumes, the, the like, Union and Confederate, like, Union looks like Confederates. And people were, like, screaming at us, like, cussing at us, thinking we were wearing, like, Confederate uniforms walking around D.C. So <laughs> we did away with that and switched to, like, British redcoats. Well, there's a bar right next to the White House called Old Evan. And I walked in one of the stories was that the British Redcoats, when they burned down the White House, would sit there at the bar that was there pre- at that area and they would toast to the uh, to the burning of the White House and smash their glasses. And I walk in this bar, all full red coated, swagged up. I walk over to this bar and they have glass shelves behind the bar. Literally, it's me, the bartender, my guests. All the glass shelves just smash like bottles just straight down. And it was like like literally five seconds after I finished all that story of the British, like how historic it is there. And I'm like, okay, I'm not wearing my British red coat uniform here anymore. 
Wow. Uh, Did you get some hella good tips on that trip or what? That was, yeah, that was probably like a couple hundred dollar night. Wow. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I was like, the bar told me it was about a thousand dollars in damage, so I, you know, technically I lost eight hundred bucks. But I, uh, no, we were you like, no, it's fucking ghost, dude. Stop having hauntings here, and there won't be any problems, man. Yeah, no, it was it was funny. It was crazy. That was a that was a wild time. So, so the shit. So, all right. I, I mean, not that it's like sexy or fun because ghost tours and wine tours like way more cool. But you didn't really explain elevators. Like you throw that in there, it's so like bizarre. Like it's just yeah. like it's like ghost tours, wine tours, and car breaks. Like wait a minute, what, <laughs> what do you mean elevators? What what is the elevator deal? Like you still have this company? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That one we have investors, and we have like that's a big company. Um. So we do elevator inspections all over the country. Um, so certain cities, like if some states, the state doesn't do like, doesn't certify your elevator to be safe. And we do. So in those states, like, so like, you know, when you saw me in Vegas, like we're big in Vegas, um, and we inspect the elevators and we sign off on them or we tell owners like, Hey man, we can, I consult and, uh, you know, tell them, Hey, you got to upgrade this. You need to spend 2 million bucks. Um, so this kind of stuff, this it's, I've never like, it's not that I don't, that's my day job. It's always been my day job. But, you know, that's also one of these things where it's like, once you know this, it's a niche that you're in. It's like it's totally recession proof. Like you never have to worry about a job when you know elevators because it's like no matter how that that building can be foreclosed on and they still got to pay for elevators because they can't they can't even keep their front door open without it. So, you know, that was just one of these things where it was like I opted with my tour company to hire staff to do my job with the exception of what I like doing. And allows me still to do elevators as much as I want. So how ah, baby screaming? Um, so how involved are you? Like, is there one company that takes more from you than another company? And maybe you just answered that, but can you just clarify? Yeah, no, I mean it's it's uh, you know, I would say Monday through Friday, eight to five, my elevator company takes the most out of it, right? Yeah. Um, and then nights and weekends, the tour company, t- you know, it's it's I've set I've set up my life to have different businesses, different times, but I you know I get to sleep for four hours a night. So Jared, so, you have someone running all of your locations, or it's kind of like a point person, like an operations manager. Yeah, we have a few people like running the ghost. The ghost tours are very labor intensive as far as like coordination and everything like that. And so we have like, we, we have full-time people, but they might be like hourly or they might be full-time like salary in the cities giving tours. And then my corporate, like we have like five of us that really run everything. Um, they're in the, our people are either new Orleans, Texas, California, or Denver. And we, and th- those people run the day-to-day operation. I still personally like handle all the financials. Most, you know, I work with, uh, Steve to do most of the marketing. Bleep out, bleep out his fucking name, dude. Like, I'm serious. We got to stop talking about him on the show. Like, I feel like he's got to pay us, dude. Like, every time we, Steve Edwards gets a fucking mention on the show, like, I, I get like, uh, I get like one one twentieth of a Bitcoin or, or an NF one of his NFTs or something. He's got a horse NFT, yeah. so I think I I need a piece of his horse NFT every time we mention his name. I'm over. There we go. I think so. Yeah. So it's like I you know, I just choose to do the things I like doing on the good like. I love being undercover boss. Like that is my favorite fucking job on the planet. Like they should film me because I will literally like go to a city. Nobody knows who the fuck I am. I'll go on a tour. And at the end of the tour, I will literally like, if I hired them like years ago and never met them, I will literally be like, Oh, you know, I'll put a good word in the boss in with the boss for you. And they'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'll be like, Oh, I'm, you know, Alex's boss or I'm uh, Katie's boss. (laughs) 
or like I'll go to a city and I'll like uh, like in Denver, like we started we started this haunted ass building with a with a uh, bank vault in the basement, and I would pop out of this motherfucking vault in the middle of their t- their stories and scare the shit out of everybody. So, so you, bought, like, you bought the building? What's that? You bought this building? No, I didn't buy. It. No, no, it was, it was a bar that had. A I'm bank like Jesus Christ! How much money do you have, dude? <laughs> No, like, no, no, I just no, thought no. you were a loud mouth asshole in Vegas, dude. I, 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 like up until like two weeks ago, I thought you were somebody's fucking bitch. <laughs> dude, I thought you were Shane Whaley's dog walker. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, He's like, oh, I'm cheering. I'm, I'm into Jeeps, elevators, ghost tours, wine tours, Cali cable cars, Empire State Building. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, this guy just doesn't stop, man. So, I mean, so. What what is your advice for let's say for me? What's your advice for me? And again, like I bring a lot of times when I bring it, I, I want to talk to a guest. Like I always want, I always want it for me. This is why this entire show is just for me to a learning experiment. So, what's your advice for me when I want to branch away? So you went like way away from your niche. Like I'm, if I have to give this advice that I'm not even technically involved in yet, I say stay at least close to your niche a little bit because I mean, you know, like jeeps, car, cars, boats, you know, tours, like you know, tourism is like kind of stuff. So, what's your advice to somebody like me that says, "Hey, man." I want to be, I want to be Kevin O'Neill, you know, and I want three different companies after my name. Yeah. I mean, so, so like if I was looking at your business, Kevin, and I was like, Hey man, here's what I think. Like if I, if this was me, you know, you've got, you guys are so seasonal and you're on boats and stuff, right? It, it's tough to like, I would look at this like, all right, what's my staff good at? And like, what else could my staff, like when you're not seasonal, it's like, how can I keep my staff full? Like, 40 hours a week, 50 you know weeks a year. That's what I'm looking at. And so like with ghost tours, it was one of these things where I looked at it like, shit, man, we have this peak season, but we have a lot of excess um, capacity, you know, outside of September, October, and some of November. So that's why we really got into the wine tours was because it was like, wow, I can utilize like this, this time with my staff and really hire more. And wine tours don't have a peak, they didn't, or they don't really have a peak season. But that's where you like, you know, if I, I don't know Destin all that well, but it's like, yo, man, if you uh, something that's complimentary to your business, you know, like if it's hey, man, we also have a shuttle service from, you know, the airport that it's not super labor intensive, but you're the dude that was driving a boat can now go drive a van and, right, you know, right. you know those, those kind of things. So I'm I'm looking at now if you're willing to travel like I'm willing to travel. So I travel, you know, a hundred and some flights a year. And, you know, stay at a fucking, th- I feel like there's 300 nights a year. And I swear to God, I stay at 700 nights in hotels. And, you know, it's one of these things where it's like, when you're willing to travel, like, you know, like if I was you, I would like, if I'm Kevin O'Neill, I'm like, man, I can figure out how to open a snowmobile company up here in Colorado. And you no, know, I'll come up here during the winters and I'll, you know, and that gets harder, you know, as you have a family, obviously. But, um, you know, that's what I'm looking at is like, how can I stay in that niche where the people I have literally follow me around and do, you know, and they're, they bought into this, Hey, now they got full-time jobs. They get to do stuff they love. And, and we now run three different companies that all relatively similar. Now let me, let me, let me ask you a question about that because I didn't know anybody, you know, it's really funny. Like it's like, I almost have to look in my mirror and ask myself this question. But when I had, when I started destiny water adventures, I didn't know, I didn't know a fucking, a soul, a scary soul. Ghost tours, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I didn't know anybody here. I, I was just, I came here and I was like, oh, 
you know, I can start a water sport company here. I've, uh, you know, I'm, you know, we both have that same head size about what it is that we do. I can fucking start a water sports company anywhere, you know, like put me there, fucking put me on a boat. I'll fucking make it happen. So, uh, you know, so what's your advice then to how do you walk into a market where you don't know anyone from anywhere and, and then just go and, 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 and compete? Uh, you know, I, I look at it from what do I like doing? And I feel like I have a majority opinion of like, hey, if I was going to Destin and I went out, you know, like, like I think we talked about this, you know, like one of my favorite like experiences, and I am one that does not do tours or experiences um, like in general, like I'll go zip lining in Hawaii or I will go, uh, you know, I, I, like I'll go down to Key West. I do the jet skis around, um, you know, around the island. And I, that's like my favorite thing to do. I will do that every time. Right. But you will never see me on a freaking bus going a double decker bus going around New York City, even though I own tons of <laughs> right. You know, just like I would never book a ghost tour. But it's like when I go to a city and I like I don't know things, I will do those. I will do ghost tours. I will do some of that stuff. I'll explore and I'll see what I like. Like if I, you know, I went to Portland and I was like, you know, this ain't my vibe. Like it's uh, everybody called it a Denver, and we were looking to do ghost tours there. We were looking to do, and I was just like, you know, I can't figure out what would be fun here for people like me. And that's just what I look for. Jared, I, I was going to ask you before, but out of all your locations, what do you think the best ghost tour destination is in the country? Uh, you know, it's toss up between Charleston or Savannah. Um, de- depends what you're like. Savannah has open container. You can walk around. Um, Charleston doesn't. It's a little more uppity. Uh, you know, but those like the historic nature of the tour, the ghost stories. Who's the biggest? Ghost- who's the biggest market? Who, what's the, who's the big dog? Who's the big dog market? Like gross, would you say? I, I already yeah, I mean, think I know, but. I mean, it's probably New Orleans if I had to like, uh, you know, it's, I mean, we have different market numbers that we've run. Um, New Orleans is just got more operators. Are you in New Orleans? Orleans? Yeah, we're in New Orleans. We have actually a physical location. There. Like we're a block off Bourbon Street. Wow. Um, and, you know, like we never did. I don't think I ever answered your question earlier about like, you know, that race to the bottom on pricing. Um, you know, in New Orleans, and that is true. Like everybody gives tours in New Orleans. It's popular, but, but it's like when you don't have to invent the market. Like if I want to open a tour in Wichita Falls or something like that, I got to invent the ghost market, right? People do not go to Wichita Falls and like, I'm going to go on a ghost tour. They go to New Orleans. They're like, I'm going to go on a ghost tour. And so then it's just like, how do you get in front of them? And that's just, you know, a combination of digital and retail and like the race to the bottom, I think is a lot of like people that don't have like an actual location in New Orleans and they're just meeting at a corner and just doing their thing. And it's, you know, we still run some operations out of New Orleans that support our other cities. And so we're, you know, if I lose a hundred grand in New Orleans, I don't really care. Yeah. Their price is built into their marketing. You know, their, yep. their marketing is low price and, yeah. and it's not necessarily a good tactic long-term maybe to get some customers in the beginning and and build a reputation but i don't know how you can build a reputation with a bunch of cheap customers this doesn't matter if it's ghost tours or water sports and uh, and what you said about inventing the market uh you know kevin kevin invented the market when it, when he did his day of play and i think the first year he he was just really figuring out was it was that it was that second year when things really popped off because it takes time to invent the market and with the new product so you have to like give yourself three years before you can really understand like what the demand is. It's it's a difficult yeah, thing. I, mean, you three, gotta, three years is, I, I feel yeah, like and Jared, tell me if I'm wrong here, but can you invent a ghost tour market anywhere? Uh I mean there's definitely some things you need. You need like history I probably 
you need history, you need historic area, you need something fun to walk around to. If it's a walking tour, if it's if it's drive, you could probably invent a driving ghost tour. But listen, uh, you know, like there's people that have just a haunted house and they've made just their house, right? You know, and that's the destination. I mean, you look at uh, one of the other ghost tour companies. I think owns like the Molly Brown house up in like Massachusetts and that's just destination. And so yes, you can like, but that, that like invent, that's more of like, you have to invent a destination for people to come. That's really difficult. Um, that is like, cause nobody's going to believe that ghost started haunting this place in 2021. Right. It's just like, Oh, grandma died here last year. And now it's haunted. Oh, like, COVID. On. I don't know, man. Like <laughs> a pandemic. Yeah. Why is that a lot of people, man? I mean, the, the other, I mean, I've always toyed with like, it's like, all right, can I hire somebody to murder 12 people? After I buy the house. <laughs> oh fuck me, man! Oh my god! Well, man, I, you know, like a lot of times we we um we hope to go into a show with a theme or a theme get to just get brought out of the show. Uh, man, this one was just I love it. I, I think our listeners are gonna really fucking love it because it it, it just man, it's, it's so it's really man. Your story is crazy, dude. Like I feel like this show could go like another hour and a half, yeah. no problem, man. Because you just I mean, God, man, you do so much, dude. It just at where do you? I don't know, I, and I don't want to keep it going, but like I do. So like, where if if you're still like on the ground floor, like I learned this year, you know, we sort of talked about it in Vegas a little bit. I learned this year that my company could run without me. It was really fucking humbling. Like we still had a bunch of great reviews. Like I handed off a lot to my staff without a manager. Like it was more like a co-op down there. I know some things slipped under whatever, but as things go, everything went pretty well. So I've sort of realized that I'm like, man, like this is how is there is there a way that you can detach ever or do you feel like you're just constantly going do you feel like you can detach ever how do you detach yeah, yeah i mean like so i didn't fully detach like to i mean it run like don't get me wrong it, my they run pretty self-sufficiently like i get involved in minimal things it's i detach from the things i just don't like doing like i do not like responding to like shitty reviews right it's like because all I want to do is sue the motherfuckers or choke them. And, <laughs> I got a tip for you on that one, but yeah, keep on going. And, uh, and if you try to sue them, uh, then you end up on the news. And that's no. the, the, yeah, so. I, this is my tip for you real quick. I'm going to, th- and this is like my Kevin's fucking tip of the week. And I always tell people to do this in reviews. I always use review responses as an opportunity to resell my product to whoever's reading it. So what I do or, or a, and I don't know, I'm not, I don't work for Google, so I don't know if this actually works, but I will use long tail keywords in my response. So it is my fuck you to them. Right. So it, it, I'll be like, hey, thanks for renting or thanks for coming out to Destiny Water Adventures and renting a boat in, in beautiful Destin or renting a boat in Fort Walton Beach or choosing our Crab Island boat rental. So I'll use an SEO keyword search term and then I'll say a whole bunch of great things like typically. Da, da, da. So I will actually pitch who's ever reading that response back to them like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. Reach out if there's any way we can make things better to you. Da, 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 da. So I still address their concerns in a very minute way, but it's my very favorite way of saying, fuck you. I just turn my response into a fucking commercial. Thank yeah, you for reading, I, dummies. I don't know if that works. I can tell you, like, I've gone away from resp- like, we I, we don't really respond at all except with canned things. And it's, we've gone to, as long as we're maintaining that, you know, like you Google, like, we just want to maintain that four point whatever and we don't really give nobody reads fucking. Re- I don't even read reviews anymore. I used to all the fucking time. I and unless I'm just on the fence on the business, but yeah. it's like for the most part, 
it, it's you can like get in the weeds. Yeah, you can get in the weeds with with reviews and just the response yeah. and all that. It gets it gets a little crazy. I, I put a lot of faith in them only because of the feedback that I have personally, and it could be anecdotal. There's no way to measure it, but I mean, I, I had my I had as an aside my mortgage guy that I was just talking to the other day because he was just what, whatever the guy bought my house. We're looking at another property or whatever. And, and he was like, man, he was like, people fucking love you. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's like the reviews, your company has such glowing reviews. And then you're mentioned personally. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you're reading the reviews of my company. And I knew, I know people do read reviews, but, yeah, uh, but I, I've, I've had, I've just, I have had that thrown back to me so many times. And I do, I put a ton of stock and I do all the responses and I never can them. I always answer them. Like I try to answer them like, honestly, like sometimes I'm just firing off, but I try and like, when, and, and again, I, Greg, I guess we'll get into this at the, at the event, you know, but I do put a lot, I, so when we talk about ghosts, right, and we talk about karma, I do believe that there is an interwoven connection of things that happen. And I definitely see that in the in the in your company culture, the relationships you have with your employees, the relationships that they have with their customers. I believe that this is all connected. I believe that there's an ecosystem to your your company culture and there's a connection to your customers. And I think that it happens at every single level at, at different at different varying degrees. So I think it happens in your reviews. I think it happens in your ad copy. I think it happens in the text in your and your advertising. I think it happens with the with the interplay between your customers and your employees. And I think that every company like Apple will forever be embedded by Steve Jobs. Like GM will always be, you know, like these companies will always have their founders, yeah. mark and an indelible mark left by the founder of that company so i i think it happens everywhere and i never treat my shit like a commodity even if it is we're wrapping up here but before we go i want you to tell our listeners what you think are some really great qualities that make what what makes great entrepreneurs yeah i mean for me you know at the beginning when you first started uh, customer service is the number one, like, you know, when I'm building a bit, it's, you can get complacent. Like I'm, I would not call like I'm, I got complacent in my customer service because you get bogged down by all the negativity. You know, the one negative person disregards the hundred great people. And so it's like when you offer just excellent customer service, I don't care if you rent a boat or anything like that. It's, it's amazing. It's just those, you know, same reason that Kevin leaves keywords in his response. It's like you just never know when that's going to come back and give you um, great things. So like an entrepreneur has got to have the work ethic, but it's also, you know, you either, if you can't, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many businesses, especially restaurants, and I always look past service at restaurants that have just great food, but Jesus Christ, that fucking chef that's, or the house, front of house or the employee's daughter or whatever it is, has like just terrible customer service. And you're like, all right, food is only worth putting up with for so long, right? And it's like, you know, it goes back to that, uh, the soup guy from whatever the fucking TV show is. Soup Nazi. You know, just good, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, you know, for me, like, you know, you, you got to know real fast what you're not good at and, or what you don't like doing. Like, in, because like, that's where I feel like most of the people I know that stop, like either sell their business, get out of their business. It's like, they lose that passion. They just, they, they didn't, they didn't take the opportunity to put people in places of where they're good. 
Instead, they wanted to either control and do everything. Like I've worked for people where it's like super fucking controlling. They want to like, it's like, dude, you're paying me to do this job. Like, let me, let me be, and let me make the decisions like you would. Right. Like, that's what I tell every one of my employees is like, when you're hired, it's like, you do not call me for every fucking thing. Like I don't, I can't take a million phone calls. So you've got to get self-sufficient and you've got to like, you got to, you know, what would Jared do? It's like, what make the decision? Hey, I told you to do that. We're going to stand by it. We're going to figure it out. You know, it's like, you know, don't drive a fucking bus flow to people off a cliff. But, you know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's like, man, we're always I, like our email, like internally is like, you know, focus on customer service, you know, make money. And it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, make decisions, you know, especially little decisions. It's like my team knows when to reach out to me and when not to. Like sometimes I like my wine tour guy. I might not hear from him for two weeks. But on occasion, like we're on an email thing and I'll be like, I'll like ask them a random question about like a book or something like yeah. that. Um, but it's like, you know, for the most part, everybody's doing the job like I want it done. And I don't have to micromanage because it, it, like that's where entrepreneurs fail is like the fact that they won't give up any control and they micromanage. Words of wisdom, folks. Hey, so uh, just at what year did when people would, when when you were like, yeah, I'm like Jared, like, you know, like Jared from Subway. When did you stop saying that? <laughs> prison i i really really the last five years i've gone with i'm the jewelry store that hits home with the lady yeah <laughs> well jared we appreciate you coming on the show this was a really fun show it's exciting yeah, it's colorful it's great um man and, and it's good to switch it up a little bit so how can our listeners find out more about your business about you maybe get in touch with you ask some questions yeah, I mean, uh, so I'm always available by email. Our website is just eatdrinkscare.tours, no dot .com. I don't know. I fucking some some idiot in our marketing department was like, oh, go with the dot .tours domain. I'm like, yeah, fucking regretting that. And uh, <laughs> like, can't type it into any forms, but yeah. So I'm just Jared, J-A-R-E-D, just like the jewelry store, not the subway guy. And uh, so Jared at eatdrinkscare.tours. Awesome. Yeah, man, dude. Thank you for Jared came on an incredibly short notice, man. We, I, you know, we talked in Vegas. I said, dude, you got to do the show. Um, and, and then uh, I realized that I didn't realize till yesterday we were behind, dude. Thank you for on such short notice coming and doing this. You went from in my eyes from fucking uh, somebody's dog walking bitch to like a kind of like a fucking like a like a bro like a douche bro fucking <laughs> with your game in Vegas to fucking like a really great entrepreneur, man. So you just then you scale the Mount Kevin like 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 that man like it takes hard it's it's hard to get in my heart man but you got it you got to play it real fast <laughs> yeah you know i'm like that wine you spit out at first but then you just <laughs> oh god perfect ending yeah on that note hey everyone we appreciate you listening make sure you hit us up on the facebook page watersport and tool professionals leave us a review on itunes or spotify and check out our website for more episodes watersportpodcast.com and as always keep it awkward You've been listening to the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. If you're in the water sport industry, this is the podcast that brings the business perspective to parasailing, jet and ski boat rentals, sailing, snorkeling, and everything else. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Be sure to sign up to our email list at watersportpodcast.com and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening.
Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have further thoughts, questions, or comments about this episode, head to our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators, to continue the conversation. See you next time.